Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persad, and we are now on episode 14. I am extremely humbled by the response we've received uh, for the, with the podcast. It was our goal this year to launch the Church Brand Guide Podcast and begin to help as many churches as we can by just uh, providing content that is going to educate you on, on ways to reach people. That's what a brand is. It's basically reaching people with um, the message that you have. And it's marketing, it's branding all kind of put together. So our hope uh, is to is to put this information out there and to help as many churches as we possibly can to reach their communities with the, um, the different methods and principles that we, we can share and unearth um, as we interview people and put resources out there. So we've, uh, we've seen some great numbers coming in. We've got over a thousand podcast downloads to this point. We are exactly three months into it at, at the time of this recording. And um, we're just very encouraged by that. We've gotten some great comments coming back, just encouraging us to keep going. And uh, we've seen a lot of resources from our blog website uh, downloaded. And people are using the resources that we've, um, we've put out there to help you. And um, we're just really, really excited about what God is doing and how he's using us to, um, to help uh, churches begin to understand what, what, what marketing is, uh, what branding is, how they can use that to then reach your community. And uh, we, we're, we're excited to present these interviews with different people that are doing an, a, an effective job um, in different areas, um, both with churches and also different companies. We've got some interviews coming up that I'm excited about that um, in the next few episodes, we've already got them recorded and um, I'm excited to share them because they're a little bit outside the box, um, uh, even from what we've been doing so far. Uh, one of the things I want to let you know about is that we've, we've teamed up with Church Marketing University to provide a survey. And I want to highly encourage you to take this survey. It basically gives an assessment on how well you're doing as a church to market your church. So there's 20 questions. It takes less than five minutes to go through. They're yes, no questions. And at the end of the survey, you'll get a score. And then you can evaluate your score and see how well you're doing as a church. Uh, there's also feedback once you take the, the survey. And uh, you can see how the most rapidly growing churches are doing on their score. And then um, begin to compare maybe how well you're doing as well um, based on your score. And uh, as, as well, we also take a look at what the most rapidly declining churches are uh, doing. Um, and, and then also, you, you know, so you can use that to maybe avoid those things. But you get, a, get this range of marketing um, effectiveness from the most rapidly declining churches to the most rapidly growing churches and anything in between. And you can begin to gauge where you're at within that spectrum and begin to learn how to make some improvements. That's the cool thing about the survey. It gives you some areas that you can improve on. And any church is going to have some areas to improve on. Um, but it gives you those areas so you can identify them and begin to work on them. So I want to highly encourage you to take the survey. It's on the homepage of our website, churchbrandguide.com. If you go there at the very, very top, there's a button that has a, a link to the survey. You can take it there. Or you can go to our show notes. Um, I just wanted to remind you that we have show notes that are available for every podcast. It gives the notes for the show. Any links to resources that are mentioned in the show are in the show notes. And in this show notes for episode 14, we've got the survey right at the very top. So you can make sure you can take that survey and, uh, and get your score. 
So we're going to get right into our interview with Stephen Records, and uh, he's going to continue uh, letting us know what he's doing at James River Church. This church that's an amazing church in Springfield, Missouri, over 12,000 people, uh, multiple campuses, and uh, they're doing a, an amazing job at reaching that city. It's not not a huge city. It's it's a good size uh, town in Missouri, but they've got all these people that are um, being affected because of the the messaging and the ministry that's happening in that in that church. So he today he unpacks what his team looks like and how the dynamic works within his team and within the church to make sure he can promote things properly. So he, he basically lifts the lid off of the, um, the digital marketing department and lets us know the tools he's using, um, the methods he's using, the philosophies that he has and the church has to, to put things together on the marketing side. And um, it's, a, it's stuff that's proven to be working. Um, the church is experiencing great growth. Their events are growing and getting bigger and bigger every single year. So it's stuff that's working. And um, it's, it's really neat that Stephen's unpacking that for us today in this, this part two of his, um, his interview that we had with him. So let's go right to it, and uh, let's welcome Stephen Records. So, th- I mean, I think in any creatives that are out there, there's a dynamic of, like, being able to promote stuff for different departments. Can you talk about how you guys mm-hmm. do that? Yeah, so um, I'd say first and foremost... You want to know what's happening in your world, and by world I mean the church. <laughs> um, really, it's important just for you to know what's coming up in the life of the church without departments necessarily having to ask. Um, and so, with that, I mean I think it's just important just to keep in keep in mind of what's coming up. Um, and typically, for us, we create landing pages for events where we update information as soon as the graphics are made for it. And so once we get the artwork, then we'll start building out a specific page, writing all the information for it. And then as soon as that page is live, we start promoting it. And um, so for us, we've, we've seen that as kind of our workflow is we kind of get our cue from our creative team who is in charge of the design and the um, you know, v- video announcements and any of the sort of things that they would do there and any print marketing. And then we would take the artwork that they've created and we would curate that to something that we would use for our web, web artwork or um, items that would, that would help create the pages that we do. And then we would uh, sometimes request information from departments like sample tweets or anything like that. But generally, we will modify that to what we see as something that's consistent with the brand and voice of the church. Um, because you know the department's going to have the information, but ultimately we're responsible for the voice that's being used and what's being said and what's being put out there. Um, and so with that, it's really a collaborative effort between us and the creative department and us working with the departments to be able to um, be aware of those things. Although I would say that any department is welcome to email us or uh, contact us about anything that they may need or want to have promoted um, and we'll kind of be the judge of whether or not that's something that would be right for a specific platform or not. Gotcha. So you guys serve as the gatekeeper and the voice of the church. 
Um, actually, maybe the better way to say that is you're the gatekeeper of the voice of the church. So you, you determine what is, um, what is able to be put out there, um, and you're also aware of what's happening, so you're, you're not having to rely on people coming to you. You're being proactive um, to put things out there that are worthy of being out there, that help the church's vision as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say that's really important for churches to understand is that what's the audience and what, what audience does that platform that you're using represent? Um, you know, because for instance, with us, if we are sending out an all church email, you know, that sounds like, oh, that's just everyone in the database. But yet we also have people that are, that are in our database that are in California, that are in, you know, Canada, that are in Florida, that are in New York and that are in Texas. And those people aren't necessarily a part of the church. So, you know, we have to kind of weigh what the content is and what audience is appropriate for that, you know, because we might get someone's information from a conference that they visit once a year but they may not necessarily be needing information about something that is a local event. So we would then from there determine, okay, what, what borders around this? Um, same with push notifications. You know, if, if we were to send out push notifications, which actually really encourage churches to start moving in that direction because, you know, text messaging is not necessarily... It's too invasive to be a part of the day-to-day life unless you're a part of a team. Um, it's more of just urgent information that you would use something like that. Instead, think about how can we create a way for people to get push notifications. And a lot of times the solution there is on a mobile device, an app, but even on a desktop, um, there are some plugins even for WordPress that are very cheap that you can you know, have people opt in for push notifications and you know, receive any sort of information on new content that may be available for a very broader audience. And, um, but if, if all the contacts that you have are in a local area, you don't necessarily need to have those, those weighty decisions of whether or not this, this specific audience should receive this specific information. But that is something to keep in mind is, you know, this, this is really only for, you know, like for college ministry, you know, it's not necessarily something we're wanting to put in front of, um, you know, people who are done with college. We want to target a younger audience, and so we would pull the right age group for that. Or we're trying to get in contact specifically with parents. But the message that we'd be sending to parents is different than the message that we'd be sending to the student. And so we have to tailor those messages. And, um, you know, by doing that, we're able to, to get the to communicate the right thing to the right audience at the right time in the right way. And um, you know, that's something that I think as, as a digital marketing department is a big responsibility and something that we have to be the gatekeepers for. Yeah, really, really good information. Um, I think that's one of the amazing things about digital marketing is that it is not this megaphone approach. It's very, very surgical in how you can do things. Um, so, uh, Stephen, if I'm uh, getting this right, you're part of James River, which is a large church of about 12,000 people. So with that being said, uh, our audience is going <laughs> to be probably under that uh, for the most part. 
And but you just to kind of explain your world, you've got a department that you head up. It's just a digital marketing department. So you guys focus just on digital marketing. And then you work with a creative department that then creates uh, artwork, printed pieces, photography, videos, different things like that. Does that sound about right mm-hmm. about how your dynamic is made up? Yep. Yeah. And who, who, how many people are in your department that are direct reports to you? Um, right now, I've got uh, two additional people in my team, but we're also looking to uh, expand this year. Um, we've just seen that even with that, it can be understaffed for the amount of things that we do as a church. Um, you know, just because we do have conferences, we do have college, we do have, um, you know, a preschool and all these different things that that really have you know dedicated attention to and um but i think that you know working with other departments and things like that and even bringing in volunteers when i was doing the jrlc has really helped a lot is is that i may have just been the only staff member at that time doing digital marketing for the college um when it first came in but i had four um interns working for me and they were all putting about 10 hours in a week, and that's an, that's an additional full-time staff member um, that's just coming in to volunteer and be a part. And so I really do think that you know, your, your ability to, to make, it, make the, that aspect of the church something that people can be a part of um, does help in terms of being able to do more with less as a, in terms of staffing goes. Do you uh, do you use volunteers quite a bit, or no? Yes, yes, I do. Um, and sometimes, you know, I think when you're in a building here, that can be very difficult to manage. But when you're in a place where the where the main things are being handled well, and there's room to expand in other areas, that you say, you know, these are really awesome opportunities that we could that we could definitely do but it's just not something that we would be willing to spend the extra, you know, um, man hours to actually have done for us um, by a staff member. And those kind of become your opportunities. So, you know, there's more than just your, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but if you have someone who can curate the content that you're creating for that, for other platforms like Tumblr and Pinterest, and they're, you know, doing bookmarking sites like StumbleUpon and Reddit and, they're creating slide shares from the sermons and things like that. Now all of a sudden you've went from, you know, posting to three platforms that are social media to 12 and you're continuing to expand that. And um, you're doing that by utilizing the volunteers that you have on your team. Um, with our college, we actually saw a lot of success with Tumblr um, just because of the type of things that we would post on there, things that are shareable and, um, we would get a lot of traffic from it and you know there's just a, things like that where having someone who's a really talented writer be able to come alongside your your department and write for a blog or write descriptions about a sermon that you're publishing and um, just doing a lot of different things like that can really really help um, yeah. yeah yeah very good and so what are what is like the top um, tool that you use if, if, if you have to say, like, on this podcast, there's one tool that you have to ch- to do or check out or something like that, what, what would that tool be? Well, um, 
man, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> but, uh, I would say it really depends on what you're focused on. Um, just kind of our lineup, we use WordPress as our back end for our sites, um, and Gravity Forms to help build the majority of the forms on our site. Um, and so that's been really helpful. But in terms of managing the department, um, we actually use Trello all the time. Um, which is a project management app and we've even been able to utilize that in a certain way to where we even use it as a as a workflow for our college to you know keep up with people and and all that sort of stuff and that's been really helpful if if you're someone who's looking for a very fluid and flexible platform out there um, that you can you know manage your tasks and you know, work with a team on those things and add notes and attachments and links and all that. That's a really powerful one. Um, you know, so that's that's been helpful for project management. But um, yeah, there's a lot more out there than just that. Uh, Moz Pro is definitely something to check out, and they have a, a really great discount for nonprofits, um, and they are great for like search engine optimization and all that sort of stuff. Um, we look at Google Analytics all the time. We use MailChimp for sending out emails and things like that. Zapier for automation. Slack for communications internally with my department. Um, yeah, there's some other really cool ones out there like Hotjar uh, and Optimizely. Those are ways that you can record your, um, your online audience and see how they um, use your site to know, you know what areas you can improve you know, use it for A-B testing and see which which way works the best and uh, to accomplish a specific goal. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them out there. But, you know, I'd say one thing that's important in the web world is actually the server that you have. And, um, you know, I would definitely check your site speeds. And uh, depending on where your audience is at, you know, if you have a very broad audience that's not just in a local area, to consider getting a content delivery network. Um, we use Max CDN here, and um, it just basically puts your site on a lot of different servers around the world. So um, it just delivers content to your user incredibly quick, no matter if they're you know in New York or in Canada or in Australia, and um, it just picks the closest server and sends it to them instead of having to go all the way from the world, one side of the world to the other. Um, they're pretty simple to set up. So, yeah. That's, wow. Wow, that's man. That's a list. <laughs> my, uh, my mind is blown. <laughs> that's, I'm uh, trying to keep up with the notes here. Um, I'm going to have to re-listen to that list. That, that was really, really good. Um, so thanks for, uh, for sharing that. Uh, do you, I guess one, one other thing, you, you mentioned Trello um, and how you use that to manage your, uh, your, your department. And uh, so I guess my big question is how, how well do you guys plan ahead? Uh, is that something that you put a premium on or how are you effective in doing that? Can you do it in your church world with that many people and departments? How, how does that work for yeah. you? The majority of the things that we receive within our department are either several months long or they're like five minutes you know, to accomplish. There's not a whole lot of middle ground on a lot of the things that we do, um, unfortunately. So the way that Trello has been helpful for us is that it's very easy to add a small task to it very quickly without having to have a lot of detail. 
um, you know, our creative department tends to fall more in that mid-range, and they actually use Asana to manage those things for them. Um, but the way we've kind of started to keep on track of that is um, Trello actually integrates with another app called Sunrise, which is a free calendar app that you can pull all your calendars into, and it can actually pull the due dates for your tasks as well from Trello and put them on a visualized calendar and you can see the due date and all that kind of stuff and set reminders to like start something, you know, a certain amount of time ahead of it. And, um, you know, so with that, we're still trying to, to navigate how we can stay ahead of things further. But, um, you know, once you've kind of stayed a year or two in, in the mix of things, you know, kind of when certain things happen throughout the year. Um, like right now, I'm like Design for Life conference is happening in October, and I know that we've got, you know, uh, the 2017 site to build, the 2017 registration, and we got to think about how we're going to migrate all that stuff over when the conference is going on so people can still register for one year from the other and at the same time. And um, So we're trying to think ahead about how we're going to handle things and then appropriate the amount of time it's going to take our team reasonably and then start those things um, with enough time to be able to jump on and do them. Um, and a lot of that works in the realm of just how, what's the priority? How many hours do we think this is gonna take? And who's gonna be the person who has to do it? <laughs> you know, um, There are a lot of things that are gonna be just things that would be a lot faster for me to handle. And there are other things that um, would be an asset to be able to train my team to be able to do as well. And um, so we are working on cross-training and all that, and I think that helps with your scheduling and um, and all of that. But, you know, definitely just, we're always prioritizing. Um, we also do these things called um, stand-up meetings in our office. So, and this is just within my department, but I would bring my team in in the morning and we would actually go over uh, just three simple questions, you know, and those questions are, what are you working, what did you work on yesterday? Were there any roadblocks? And what are you working on today? And those three questions tend to help um, keep us on top of that. And then from there, we'll go over all the tasks that are on the Trello board that um, need, to be, need to be focused on. So that helps me realign priorities for my team. It helps me get new things in front of them and it also helps me be able to know what's going on in my department on a daily basis. And those meetings, we call them stand-ups for a reason because they take you know less than 10 minutes. And so instead of having one meeting that we take every every once a week that is a you know hour-long meeting, we just take you know five 10-minute meetings every day. Um, and so we kind of take the amount of time that would be in an hour and we spread it throughout the week. And that helps us just stay on top of things. And then if people are asking questions directly to me that someone else in my team is managing, I actually have a response and I know where it's at or what's happened and why it's taking longer than we expected. Um, and if there's something that I need to jump in, then I can jump in. Or if they need feedback, I can give them feedback. And uh, you know, that's really helped us a lot in being able to stay agile in a department that is you know, constantly fluctuating in terms of what we're doing and what we need to focus on or um, has a lot of urgent things like oh this thing's broken or this thing's out of date or this thing 
um, you know, you need to modify it so that way our registration department can start entering this information in. <laughs> so it's just like, there, we have to stay flexible and with daily meetings, it helps us be able to do that a lot easier. Excellent. Yeah, that's uh, really good. Uh, I think it's such an important thing for churches to fight to stay ahead of the game as much as you possibly can because it's such a natural thing in the church world that things just pop up on you. So having a good system in place, a flexible system, that also allows you to think well ahead um, is super important. And what you shared with us there, the stand-up meetings, uh, Trello, all those things I think are amazing tools, um, amazing ideas that hopefully um, will help help our audience begin to do that, get their head wrapped around how they can begin to think ahead and, and um, accomplish a lot of things. Because you can do greater things once you have a system in place that allows you to, to get ahead of it uh, a bit more. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stephen, I, yeah. um, I think that's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation with you. I've really enjoyed it. I've taken a bunch of notes myself on this, uh, this whole talk. So um, I just want to say thanks for, for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing all this knowledge. And uh, I think we'll have you back on in the future and you'll blow our minds again. But, um, but thanks, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I want to thank Stephen for bringing it today and giving us all that wonderful content that he um, he's unpacked for us. It's it's quite a bit. Um, if you need to go back to our show notes, feel free to do that. We've put all the links to the resources that he mentioned. Um, there was a lot, and so if you didn't catch them all, or you're driving in the car and you you don't you can't write it down, go to the show notes on churchbrandguide.com, episode 14. We'll, we'll have those resources listed out for you. I think there's a, just a, as a uh, summation of what Stephen was saying, he was basically talking about there's tools that he uses, and then he tracks the results and then makes adjustments. And basically, that's what it boils down to. He, he has these tools, many of which are outside the typical church um, database softwares that, that many churches use. So he's using tools that are outside the scope of what are typical church tools, but he's um, using them for marketing purposes and then getting feedback. I think feedback's a great thing to point out. Um, he's tracking the results. So if you have a small budget, I would just recommend that you do things that are going to allow you to track the results so you could be good stewards of the, um, the resources that you do have. So maybe you use uh, Facebook marketing so that you can um, track those results instead of doing a a mailer into your community where you don't have the ability to track the results of, of something like that. So the same money can be spent. Actually, in that scenario, a lot less money would be spent on Facebook. Um, so you can uh, you can get results. That's kind of the main point of what uh, I, I believe Stephen was, was trying to tell us. Um, and then make adjustments. So not everything is going to work, but try things. Don't be afraid to try things. And, uh, and then if it works, keep on doing the things that work, and then you can drop the things that don't work. It seems daunting. There's a lot that Stephen talks about. He has a whole department, um, maybe uh, three people or so that's working with him, and just on digital marketing, and then they have another creative department. This is a large church with a lot of resources. Um, so it seems, seems daunting. But one of the things that I've taken away from starting this podcast is that it was daunting. At first, we didn't know how to really do this. So we had to, we, we learned about a lot of tools and different things we needed to do. And at first it was overwhelming. It was daunting, but we started with a step. 
and took another step. And with those steps, we are now at a place where it's not nearly as daunting as we thought it was about three months ago. So that's the, that's the lesson I'd want to encourage you with is just start somewhere and begin to take some steps. Um, a good starting point is your website. A good starting point is putting Google Analytics on your website and then doing some Facebook ads. Um, those, those things would be uh, just a great starting point for any church if, you're, if you haven't started those things quite yet. And then you can add on a lot of the stuff that Stephen's talking about little by little as you get comfortable with it. And then pretty soon you'll have a really nice um, setup to, uh, to market your church and to let people know the story uh, that's, that's taking place right there in their community. Um, once again, I want to just mention the, the survey that we talked about earlier on. It's available on our website, churchbrandguide.com. I want to highly, highly recommend that you take that survey. I think it's just going to help um, your church tremendously. Just, just knowing and evaluating where you're at is powerful. Um, so take a look at that survey. If you're listening to this podcast at a future date, um, you can find the survey on episode 14 of the blog. It will just leave it up there and you can always access that survey. Um, get that score, learn where you're at, how you can improve on your marketing, and um, it'll be a powerful thing for your church. So later on this uh, week, we're actually going to be recording with Church Marketing University um, their, their uh, module on branding. So I'm really excited about that. It's something new that we're just trying. We, you know, this, this podcast is new, and then we're going to create this course on branding. And it's a, you know, basically a step-by-step guide on how to brand a church effectively. And just every detail that we can think of is going to be in the course, in the series of videos. And uh, we'll provide resource downloads, everything um, that, that we can think of to help you uh, properly brand your church. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'll let you know more in the future when we have that ready. And, uh, then you can, you can get it in, uh, whatever way we, we put it out there. I'll let you know, um, as soon as we figure that out, we're, we're just basically trying stuff, uh, to help, help you help churches. And as, as much as we can, we're just trying it and we're, we're going to put it together and, um, and then see how well it does to help you and I, again, I just want to encourage you to do, do the same thing with, uh, with this marketing stuff and this branding stuff. This, just try things, be, uh, be willing to take risks and, and, and then see what happens and, and then adjust based on the feedback that you have, um, that, that you've received. One, one of the resources I want to tell you about, um, in fact, every episode I like to give a book that is very um, beneficial to, to a church. And a lot of times it's coming from a different angle um, than what you would expect. So the book today is Love Does. It's called Love Does by Bob Goff. And it's a book really about action, taking action. Um, Bob basically tells a bunch of stories um, that in his life that where he's taken action. Out of love, love compels him to take action. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book. In fact, it's one of those books that I go back and I read from time to time. Uh, it's just very inspirational. Um as he talks about and unpacks different things that he's done just out of love. So, for example, there, there's, an epi- there's a part in the book where he's talking about being a dad. And, and a lot of the book is about being a parent. And um, as well as he talks about being a friend, uh, being a businessman, um, or just uh, different things that he's done in different roles of his life that, that are just compelled, um, compelled him out of love to, do, to take action. So one of the stories was that he, um, he and his kids... 
after 9-11 wrote letters to all these world leaders and was like, hey, you know, can we come visit you and just talk about ways that we can, you know, make the world a better place type of a thing. And he said that uh, basically he got a huge response. Many church leaders, uh, I want to say maybe around 10 or so, responded and said, yes, come. So he pulls his kids out of school, sells his truck and buys airline tickets, and they fly to all these different countries and they visit these world leaders at their palace or the Capitol building, wherever they wanted to meet them. And his kids basically met these world leaders. They had milk and cookies with one of them. And uh, basically, Bob is just telling the story of what happened when he actually took action and took his kids to experience this thing. And um, it was just an amazing story that kind of blew my mind as I was reading it. It's one of those things where you don't want to put it down because it's like, did that, what? You did what? (laughs) Anyway, great book. It's called Love Does by Bob Goff. At the end of that story that he was telling about the world leaders, um, they would invite every world leader to come to their house. And uh, he said at the end of it, there was one world leader that knocked on their door and actually showed up and stayed a night at their house. So pretty cool book. And it just goes in, in line with what we're talking about. All this marketing stuff that we've been talking about lately on the several episodes of our podcast. It's basically just actions, being able to take action um, because you are compelled by love to try things, to reach people, to, to fish for men. Like Jesus said, you, you know, you got to try different things. If you're going to catch fish as a fisherman, you got to go where they are, reach them where they are. And that's kind of what we do as a as a church. We, we're just trying different things to reach people as they are with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you with that and um, present that book to you called Love Does. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm hopeful that you were able to take some ideas and put action to them. And uh, I'm just excited about the future, what we're going to be doing and releasing um, to help you uh, even more. So thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.